The following podcast is a proud member of the Blue Collar Roots Network. Find all the shows by visiting bluecollarroots.com. You found the Building HVAC Science Podcast. Here's the host, Bill Spone. Welcome back to another episode of the Building HVAC Science Podcast, where it's our goal to help create better, more knowledgeable HVAC and building performance technicians by helping the two professions get to know each other, better understand the work they do, with the ultimate goal of making customers happy and healthy in the homes they live in and the buildings they work in. So what do you think? How are we doing towards that goal? I also host the ResTalk podcast. You can find that ResTalk in any of the typical podcast engines or platforms that you use. And you can learn more about how residential energy ratings, those systems, and the work being done there relates. Since January is Radon Awareness Month, I've invited two people deeply involved in the radon industry to be my guests today. Don Auger is the Manager of Market Development for Radon Away and also the National Director for ARST, the American Association of Radon Scientists and Technologists. Brian Kenahan is my other guest. He's actually son of a local contractor I know here in the Pittsburgh area. He's the Business Development Manager for April Air. Now, if you're catching this episode before or during your visit to the 2022 AHR Expo, you can actually visit with both of these guests at their booths. Dom will be at booth N8617, Spruce Environmental Technologies, and Brian will be at booth C3706, that's April Air, which is a division of research products. I provide some links in the show notes to their LinkedIn connections, as well as their organizations, their companies, basically relating to some of the substantiating information for this whole episode. So please listen in as we speak with Don and Brian about the next evolution in healthy air. Don, how are you today? I'm great, Bill. How are you? Great. And Brian, how are you doing? I'm great, Bill. Thanks for having us today. You're welcome. Why don't you introduce yourself for our guests? Your names might not be familiar to them. I'll let Don go ahead first. My name is Dawn Auger. I'm the Manager of Market Development with Spruce Environmental Technologies. And Spruce will be having a booth at the HR Expo, is that correct? We will definitely see you there. We're going to be in booth N8617. 8617. Okay, very good. Can you get a little bit into what Spruce does? Spruce Environmental Technologies is the world's largest radon manufacturer, distributor, and testing laboratory for all things radon and ventilation. The radon products are for remediation, for fixing radon situations and issues. Is that correct? That's correct. All right, Brian, please introduce yourself. Thanks, Bill. Brian Kenahan, Business Development Manager at April Air. And obviously, April Air, indoor air quality products, and we're excited to be partnering with Spruce Environmental Technologies on the lab side of radon as we start to bring radon to the HVAC markets and our customers. When you say bring it to the HVAC market, is that in terms of products or training or programs? How's it going to play out? That's uh, a great question, Bill. I like, I like your segue. All of the above, right? And Don can speak more to the existing radon industry, but it's the training is critical. Getting certified at 26 states require licenses today. So there's a, a little hurdle for our industry to, to understand where to go and how to get certified in radon. And our partnership with Spruce Environmental will allow the HVAC trade to do that. And then we'll bring the products to them as well. 
And I just want to put a plug in for Dawn and her efforts and work with the AARST. Now, you're going to have to tell me what that acronym is to make sure I get it right. That is the American Association of Radon Scientists and Technologists and Vapor Intrusion. Very good. So Dawn invited us down to do a presentation in October at their annual conference, and we got a chance to interact with the attendees. And because it's still COVID impact, the attendance was down, but we still had a real vibrant interaction with a lot of attendees. And I noticed that some of them were in HVAC and some of them were in building performance. Some were actually home energy raters. So my audience is generally made up of HVAC, building performance, home inspectors, energy raters. This is a nice crossover feel because it has to do with house dynamics and airflow. So when it comes to house dynamics, if I could ask Don to give us just a basic idea of what radon is, where it comes from, and why we should be interested in this. Radon is actually comes from the decay of uranium, uh, radium, and rock. And it actually comes into our homes through hairline cracks in the slab, around drainage lines. And it's the number one cause of lung cancer among non-smokers. Radon is actually considered a class A carcinogen, just like benzene or arsenic, things like that. But it is naturally recurring and it lives in our home for, it has a half-life of 3.8 days. So even if like you aired things out, at one point it could build up again. Oh, it could. And it doesn't take long. Within 24 hours, you could build those levels up even higher than what they were before. And especially we're recording now in January of 2022. And especially now when the houses are closed up and people are not going out of doors as much, windows and doors aren't open so much, it can really build up. And is radon heavier than air technically? Technically it is. So when it gets in our air, it, it just sits there unless it has some sort of transport or mechanical component to do what we call plating out. And it can attach to objects, to dust particles. It could attach to skin cells, even animal fur, dander. And it just floats around unless it finds a place to land. And so we could easily just walk by and a dust particle or something becomes airborne and we will inhale those radon particles in. Brian, April Air, give us a little bit of background about April Air Company, the whole spectrum. How old is the company, just in general terms, and what's the product development process been for you? Research Products is our parent company. We've been around since 38. So everybody knows us for the whole home humidifier. We invented it, created it, and the first whole home air cleaner as well. So affectionately known as the Space Guard. So that's where it all started for April Air. And as we've evolved, we have zoning, we have thermostats, we have dehumidification. And now as we continue to evolve, this is one that actually a partnership with the American Lung Association a few years ago kind of highlighted that. They asked us, they said, hey, what about radon? It's the number two leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. That hit us and we're like, okay, we believe everybody deserves healthy air. And where Don went, it's, it's a class A carcinogen. You can't hang your hat on indoor air quality products and not have a proper solution. Without paying attention to that aspect. Exactly. How's the tie-in between April Air? Are there going to be products? Is training anything specific? Anything rolling out? Are we pre-rollout or something already going on here? Nope. We officially launched our product line in January. So we have test kits available. They're analyzed by Spruce Environmentals Labs. That's where the partnership comes from and the training as well. So we have, Don's been an integral part of the training. 
So if anyone listening, you'll see Don in the training as well, as Spruce helps us get our HVAC dealers certified and up and running in the world of radon. If there's any dealers interested in getting that training, what do they do? What would be the next step? Next step is it's aprilairpartners.com is our trade site, and they can click on the radon link and enroll in the training. And we invested in the training on the front side so that it's free training all the way through 2022 for our, our HVAC contractors and partners. Very good. Don, since you're involved with the training, what does it consist of? Like the amount of time, what's the mechanism? Are there tests? What goes on? What it involves is first you take radon measurement, which is two day course that's done you know, virtually. And once you complete that, then you can take a radon mitigation course along with a virtual field training day. And that's typically a three-day course. Once you complete those courses, then you're qualified to take the exam to get certified. And that's it. It's not a lot of effort and time put in and you can get up and running pretty quickly. And what's the certification? Where does it come from and what does it mean? So you're going to be certified by the NRPP, the National Radon Proficiency Program. They handle the certification for radon measurement and mitigation specialists. And that allows you to do what kind of work? It depends. You can decide if you want to do both measurement and mitigation, and you can take both exams. Or if your primary focus is going to be on mitigation, you can just take the mitigation exam, and then you get your business up and running to install mitigation systems. I'm not going to ask you to detail all the states out, but you mentioned 26 states. What are the ones that come to mind, the more populous states that require this? Most states require, there are some states that actually have their own certification, like New Jersey and Florida, just to name a few. But more and more, it's so hard to keep up on all the states coming on board, but more and more, all the states are coming on board requiring anybody that's installing radon mitigation systems to be certified. Would the NRPP have that background in terms of the map of which states require it? Yes, they do. That's a resource there. Great. Going back over to Brian, healthy air. You talked about the whole home air cleaner and whole home humidifier. There must be some research or some bullet points about why we need to pay more close attention to the air in our homes. Can you give me some ideas on that? As we talk about healthy air as an organization, it's Truly, the, the vision is, is making that invisible visible, right? The pandemic highlighted the need for what's in the air. You don't see it. How do you filter it? How do you ventilate it properly? And then you think about timing that most people were all working remotely today as we have this podcast, and we're breathing the air inside our homes. We're two years ago, we didn't necessarily think the same way because we spent most of the day in the office. So now, and Don can speak more of what some of the states did, but I know Colorado initially when the pandemic hit, they did a nice little campaign on, hey, please test your home. You're working remotely. Test your home. Radon levels. Really? For radon? Wow. Yeah, for radon are, are elevated. And let's be honest, a lot of people readjusted their lifestyles. They redid basements. They redid offices so they could work better and more efficiently from home. And now they're more cognizant of the air they're breathing. And ventilation is one of those key components. What gets lost in that whole conversation as we get into radon is that ventilation is critical to healthy air, but you got to eliminate radon from the source and the active soil depressurization systems is the way to go. And that's really where healthy air starts from the ground up. And that's a critical component on why we're getting into radon. You can't say have healthy air if you're not taking care of radon. So April Air, you'll also be at the AHR Expo? 
we will, and we will be at booth C3706. Anything in particular you'll be showing there? Highlights, even for people that can't go, but at least know what's going to be your any focus? We will be highlighting our radon product launch, and we will also be highlighting ventilation. That's been a product category that's been growing substantially the last few years in the RNC channel specifically with the residential new construction codes, which is where it tends to start, but also now with the pandemic from the consumer standpoint, realizing that they need fresh air, nothing better than fresh air. Is there actually a radon fan or mitigation system that you're working on, or is the product more the test kit? No, we have both. So we'll have the test kits because that's where, just from an awareness that we talked before the show, obviously, and you tested your home recently, that's where it all starts from is that awareness, whether it's what we've learned succinctly is that EPA, if you don't have a system, you should test every year. If you have a system, you should test every other year, right? That's the EPA standard. That's where it all starts. That's always my takeaway in any training we give is if if you don't listen to anything else, please just test your own home (laughs) and learn whether you have high concentrations of radon or not. And then test again because it's ever-changing. And Don can go into more of the science behind that, just that why it's so critical to test yearly. But that messaging gets lost, right? They talk in January is Radon Action Awareness Month. But that's what we hope to help change for the trade, for our consumers, and just for your friends and family. Just test your home once a year. That's the takeaway. To follow what Brian had kind of led you to there, Don, what makes it change? Why do you need to test again? Isn't it one and done? Oh, I wish it was that easy. No, everything is constantly changing. So I've seen so many houses where the radon levels are at two picocuries. And within a couple of years, they could be at 40 picocuries per liter. The recommended action limit set by the EPA is for picocuries per liter. But the reason things are changing is because our geology is constantly changing. We have different weather factors that come into play, different structural effects of each individual dwelling. There's many factors that can actually influence radon and how it behaves when it's coming into a building. And so that's why it's really important to test every two years or every year to make sure that you're not being exposed to elevated radon levels. I'm not sure if I shared this with you. This is a while ago. Our township, I live in Pennsylvania. They have things called townships. That's a little government structure. I don't know how they did this, if they just did a test, but it was something like 26 out of 100 homes sampled randomly had excessive levels of radon, like multiples of that four picocuries per liter. And they sent like an alert out, a letter to everyone in the township. That was interesting. I'm not sure how that got kicked into gear. My thinking, it's you could have it, your neighbor might not, your neighbor might have it, you might not. You just don't know unless you check. You don't. I've been doing performing measurement, radon measurement and mitigation for 13 years. And I've seen houses where I got called in to install a radon mitigation system. Their radon Mm -hmm. levels were 26.1. The neighbor sees me installing a system. They said, hey, could you come check my house? And their driveways are like two feet apart. I'll go over there and their radon levels are 11.3. Then the neighbor across the street comes out and said, hey, can you test my home? Their levels are at 1.8. And they're all right there in a simple, small triangle. You just don't know unless you test. And I've seen homes, because I've worked in my community doing the same thing for 13 years, I've seen homes where historically I never found radon levels over two or three. And now I can't find anything below seven. So you just don't know. Wow. 
Since you're a hands-on practitioner, you've done this work, can you describe the typical things that are done when mitigation is done? What skills or what process, what materials are used? Yeah, so it does vary depending on where you're at. So I'm located in Florida and how we install radon systems, probably a little bit different than where you're located. But basically the concept is finding out, you got to kind of know the structure of the home, how it's built. And then you design a radon system based on doing some pressure field extension measurements, figure out how much flow you have beneath that slab. And then you ultimately need to size that system based on square footage and flow in using either typically a three inch or a four inch pipe and then using a radon fan to remove the radon from the building. So it just depends. You have to, depending on your geology down here, we typically see more clay, sand, soil. So what I would do here is going to be a little bit different than what you would do there. If you, let's say you have a basement, the processes are the same, but it's the whole idea behind radon mitigation is to either increase negative pressure or reduce positive pressure beneath the slab. And the way to do that is to install an active soil depressurization system. That is the most effective way to remove radon from your home. Okay, so you, you give the radon gas a preferred pathway out of the structure so it isn't beneath the crawl space or the slab or whatever. Are there any requirements like on how the system has to be designed in terms of sealing, where the fan goes, where it exits, all that kind of thing? Yeah, there is actually specifications based on what we call the ANSIR standards. They have outlined all the specification to how a radon system is to be designed. When you're talking about building radon ready new construction, there are standards for those as well. If let's say if builders want to adopt them into their building practices, or if they're required based on your local city or municipality. So there are all kinds of standards out there that will tell you how it should be done. It was so funny when you sent me your results. Yeah, situation here. Yeah, can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, go ahead. The shoemaker's children have no shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a passive system installed in your house, which is typical. A lot of builders are choosing to, they'll put in a passive radon system, which means passive is a basically a radon system without a fan. But what ends up happening a lot of times with these new systems that are put in, a post-test isn't being performed. And so you don't really know if that radon system is working. The whole concept behind putting in a passive system, because the studies have shown that the installation of a passive radon system, it can reduce radon levels naturally by up to 50% if it's installed correctly. But then you have the issue where a builder may look at the installation of a passive radon system as like an unnecessary extra cost, and they may not do it correctly, or they could run that pipe to an exterior wall. And so it's usually effective, but Installing a passive radon system is kind of a minimum standard. The gold standard and what would be a more sensible approach is if they would go ahead and activate every system, which has a lot of benefits in addition to removing radon. With your particular case, I know you said you also performed some sealing and that helped a little bit, but it didn't resolve the problem because sealing is usually not recognized as kind of a standalone procedure. It's used as more of an augment or a complement to an active soil depressurization because what it really does is once you activate that system, it's going to help by not allowing air from the inside space to be pulled into your radon system. But the reason a lot of times why these passive systems most likely need to be activated is as from an HVAC standpoint, this probably makes a lot of sense, but like right now, okay, it's probably fairly cold outside, okay? And you probably have your heat, let's say you have your heat at 65 degrees. The air that's coming through that pipe is typically about 55 degrees. So you're not getting that 
stack effect, you would really need to push that radon out. That radon is just sitting in that pipe. So that's why it's really important to test the home after a system's been installed. And it's very simple, just activate that radon system to overcome the mechanicals of your home. I'll just describe for the listeners in my case, and you tell me if this is normal or not, but the passive system was a three-inch, well, it was actually a four-inch pipe put in sub-slab, and then a three-inch pipe was run up inside the structure out to the roof line, just straight up, no hooks, bends, curves, or anything like that. Is that a normal installation or passive? Yeah, it's typically normal. As I mentioned to you when we were talking is it kind of was installed on an outside wall, which isn't ideal because now you're exposing that pipe to more of the outside elements and you're further reducing the effects of creating a natural stack effect. So it's always recommended that the radon, if you're doing a passive system, it's to install it inside the home, more in the middle if you can, to help when you're talking about trying to drive some stack effect naturally. You call it the pressure field measurements. That was interesting. I picked that up when I went to the conference. It's basically, it's pressure at different points under the slab will be created by this fan, but the further away, just like in an HVAC, like in a duct return system, the further away it is, the less flow you're going to get, the less impactful will be. And that may help determine the size of the fan. And I'm going to shift back over to Brian because he's been quiet here for a little while. I got to let him talk. Brian, is there just like one size fan? Are there different sizes, different designs? What's involved? Nope. And you, just where you went with the pressure field extension, and that's why the training is so critical to go through the NRPP certification is that they'll go over fan sizing with the pressure field extension, right? So that now you get into the fun side of things where is it, how's the airflow move? Do you have clay underneath that slab or crawl space with and you need more suction to move the air to get the radon up and out in the system. So that's where they'll learn a lot of that in the training. And then you get into different applications where I'm originally from Pittsburgh as well, Bill, right? So you got a lot more older homes, basements, block walls. You get into different system types depending on the area of the country that you're in so that you might have a multiple suction port for a block wall and a slab in an older home in the Pittsburgh market, right? Allegheny County is like right up there, number two in the country for problems with radon. So that's for your listeners in the Western Pennsylvania market. PA is a, a state that please test your home. There's some plenty of case studies out of Pennsylvania where the homes have tested really, really high. Just for the listeners too, Brian's dad runs an HVAC company here, one of the best ones in Northern Allegheny County. So he's been steeped in the trade for a little bit there as he moved into work for April Air. He's got a great crossover here, having worked with practitioners, been a practitioner himself. So not sure who would answer the Maybe Don, we'll go back to Don for this question. When you talk about creating enough pressure, what kind of pressure levels in the pipe are across the fan are being measured? Well, across the fan, it just depends how much pressure. Well, I mean, in the pipe, like, is it inches of water column? Is yes. it pascals? Okay. Yes. Typically, we're looking at, yes, Bill, inches of water column. And that's where we were talking about the pressure field extension comes in. Because if you do pressure field extension measurements, there may be situations where the suction point furthest away from your fan may not be may have the lowest readings, you may actually get better flow than potentially a suction point that could be closer. And that's why it's really important to do multiple measurements on that slab to kind of see what that flow of the slab is looking like. 
And based on those measurements, you can calculate, hey, this is how much I'm going to need. And that ultimately helps you determine what's the best fan and pipe size for your application. I know the answer to this, but I'm just going to ask the question anyway. Do you have to have these fans on all the time? You do. They do run continuously, but you know what's great about them is they have very low energy consumption. So you're looking at maybe, I don't know, 40 to 60 bucks a year to run a fan. It's very, very minimal. And running a fan actually has a lot of other kind of side benefits. It reduces humidity in a home when you're running your fan, which also allows your HVAC system to run less, therefore kind of elongating it and saving the energy cost on that. But a lot of times builders will, when they're doing the radon ready new construction, they'll also use the radon fans and get them up and running to cure the slabs faster when they're building. So there's a lot of side benefits as well. You mentioned vapor intrusion when we talked about the AARST. That's a, I don't want to call it a side topic, but a growing area. Can you describe to me what that is? Just a couple sentences. Yeah. So vapor intrusion is more of man-made things. So we're not talking about radon, which is naturally occurring. We're talking about other environmental hazards that have a vapor component. They're out there in the industry, but the, some of the, a lot of the same methods used to mitigate radon are also used to mitigate other vapors. And I know we're talking with Brian who represents April Air, which is primarily residential. Is that right, Brian? Primarily residential products? Primarily, but what's interesting is you talk about the vapor intrusion. Is that some that's a the basement cross encapsulation companies? We've grown with them substantially the last several years as well with dehumidification because again they seal up a space where Don explains, and then how do you regulate that space after you seal it up? You put a whole home dehumidifier in there to make sure you keep that space dry and you keep that extra moisture from going in the home because now you're bringing it into the envelope of the house. Right. So that's a growing market for us as well with our products. Just yesterday, I was in an old factory in Aurora, Illinois. Factory's probably built in the early 1900s. And because of this conversation coming up today, the thought crossed my mind what about this is a huge slab, big old factory? Is radon tested for commercially too, Dawn? Yeah, it just depends. So, a lot of times, as part of real estate transactions, just like anything else with homes. A lot of times they'll test them and it just depends um, what state you're in and what they require. But there are some states that require that you test everything. And then others where if it's multifamily, if you're dealing with nursing homes and schools, that is just varies depending on which state you're in. But I've tested many commercial structures for radon. Is it just as random as with houses or is it less prevalent or... No, it's just the same. And it's funny because you can actually test different locations within the same building and the levels can vary. It depends a lot on how their ventilation systems are designed. So we talked about testing. What's the cost of a test and how do you get one? There's two different tests and, and Dawn can speak more to the measurement that a lot of people are familiar with for the real estate transaction resale where they use a continuous radon monitor to expedite the reporting for the close of the sale. But for the trade, that's why we, we partnered with Spruce specifically for their short-term test kits. It's, a, it's three days on average is what the lab recommends. It's a short-term test kit, activated charcoal, prepaid postage, shipping included, you know, lab analysis included, and the homeowner can mail that right back and get the results back in a very short amount of time for that information, which is what we recommend is we're done started to mention the, the real estate side. That's what everybody knows radon for today. 
And that's one of the main reasons we're getting into it because think about the HVAC trade contractors on how many homes they're already in. They've got a better opportunity to inform their existing customers that, hey, radon's real. It's a problem. Have you tested your home recently? No. Hey, here's a short-term test kit. Start. If it tests high, we have an easy solution for you, right? It's stuff that they already do today from a mechanical standpoint. We just have to get them certified and licensed depending on the state that they're in to help the consumer with an easy solution to where it's 40 to $60 a year for an inline fan that helps reduce the risk of radon exposure. There's not a homeowner that wouldn't say yes to that. Yeah, especially after they saw the results that I saw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the test kits themselves, are they an April Air product or are they a spruce product? Or if somebody like listening right now says, I'm curious, I want to know, I'm a contractor, I want to know my own house. Yep, you can buy an ARNTK1 or an ARNTK2 from your local distributor today. And they are analyzed by, by our partners at Spruce. They have the labs. So they're the professionals when it comes to the analysis. And that goes into your know, market strategy for HVAC dealers is that they're not doing any of the analysis, right? We wanted to make sure we kept that separate from a plausible and lack of conflict of interest that they can help inform consumers, but they're not doing any of the analysis. So it gives that peace of mind that those results are, Spruce has all the credentials, all the certifications, all the state requirements that they need in all 50 states to analyze those properly, which is again, why we partnered with the best lab out there. So what's the difference between those two kits? The TK1 is a single pack and the TK2 is a two pack. And that just goes to the standards to where if I was an HVAC tech placing the two-pack in your home today or providing it to you, that you can confidently recommend that you mitigate your home with a two-pack. And that's per the EPA standards. Is that two tests done in the same place or two different places? Same place, four inches apart. Yep. And then the lab will provide the average of the analysis and then you can confidently mitigate your home. And like you said, that's you open the activated charcoal up to the air so it can absorb, actually absorbs the radon itself? Yep, correct. And then seal it up, mail it off, and then it's put through some kind of device that will give the concentration of radon in it. Okay. Any like ballpark price, not to talk specifics, but range? Yeah, a single pack is less than $15 to the trade, and then it's you're around 30 bucks for a two-pack. And that's shipping included, that's analysis all in to where, again, there's not an easier information piece that they can provide to their homeowners and their customers today to, to test their home and just learn about radon in their market. I can't think of another test that's inexpensive. It's one of those best kept secrets where don't went. It's just, it's, you hear it from the real estate side. And that's really where we want to inform people and we want to help people. It's cost effective. And it's why not? And if you haven't tested your home, please just test your home. That's the first step. And then the rest of it, that the systems, Don can go into different markets and you know intricacies on the applications, but it's not a complex system once you go through the training and you know what to do. So it's easy for our trade to help people and make it more mainstream moving forward. Got it. And I've got the aprilairpartners.com. Click on the radon link for contractors that are interested. Anything 
out there for consumers if a consumer happens to listen to this podcast? They'll be able to uh, start buying test kits on our regular site as well. Because again, this one's more for information than anything. So it'll be around less than $20 for a test kit to try out. So I got your website, Brian Don's website. What is that? If people are interested in more information. If they're interested in more information about Radon, they can go to Radon.com. There's a wealth of information on there. Is that a Spruce Environmental Technology site? It is. Got it. Clutch move buying that domain, huh? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good, good. So I'd like to wrap things up, but give you a chance to maybe answer one question each. I'll let Don go first. But what's the main myth or misconception about radon? Brian actually said it a little bit ago. A lot of times the myth about, is radon real? To answer that, I will say very much so it is real. Personally, the reason why I'm in this industry and why I'm so passionate about it is because I've lost people I love to lung cancer. I've never smoked a day in their life. It's funny, as I started a geology firm in 2008, and immediately I started getting calls from consumers and real estate agents and asking if we did radon mitigation. So I quickly had to teach myself all about the behavior of radon and how to mitigate it. But life has a funny way of taking really crazy turns. It wasn't long after that I started performing radon mitigation when my friend of mine was diagnosed with lung cancer, never smoked, avid runner, healthy. And within seven months, he passed away. So why I'm in this industry is because I've dealt with so many people that have thyroid cancer, lung cancer, throat cancer, never smoked, as young as 19 years old. And that's why we can continue to do the work we do. And we encourage people to test and we keep pushing education because we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. You're blind. So like Brian said at the beginning, tasteless, odorless, colorless, nearly not detectable at all. Brian, any myths or misconception? You, you could even like broaden that to the whole IAQ topic, which is your specialty there at April Air, if you'd like. Yeah. Misconceptions is that, again, it's that visible, right? That let's make the invisible visible. And the first place to start is to always test and test continually. That'll be something that'll be our mantra going forward to where, hey, great, you tested, but don't let that be a false hope, right? Misleading hope that, oh, I tested today, I'm fine. That's probably that biggest misconception. Again, think about the things you do. You change building structures. You put an egress window in. You remodel something. You bring in a new rug. You don't know where it at. The VOCs are high through it. Why are you getting sick? It smells different. That's ventilation's critical. Please test for radon, but ventilation's that next one that we joke internally now that as the pandemic highlighted ventilation's critical component, that the HVAC industry was really the hack industry prior because we didn't talk about ventilation enough. Yep. Heating and air conditioning. Sure. We always talked about the heating and the air conditioning. We never talked about ventilation as well as we should. That's been changing with ventilation codes as homes have gotten tighter. And that's something that, especially for your building performance and your BPI certified companies, that they're doing all that. They're tightening the envelope. We don't know what's going to happen with Don went with the stack effect in the home as they change that with what's going on underneath the home. So test, but that's where ventilation is so critical. So it's make sure you have an active soil depressurization system for your radon and then ventilate your home because you need those air changes per hour with all the stuff we put in our homes from the chemical standpoint. And then your layer is radon mitigation, ventilation, and then good filtration. And then depending on the climate you're in, 
you want to control that humidity because then that gets into the virus, how the viruses thrive. That optimum range is 40 to 60%, right? If you can stay in that range, as close as that range, viruses don't do well. That science has been there forever, but as we've come full circle, ventilate it. And then how do you start to control the environment in your home? And that's, we believe everybody deserves healthy air and radons. Please start with radon because we know that one is not good. And then add to that healthy air system. And that's really where we've started to transition that it's not that single component where we were 20 years ago. It's a holistic approach when you look at a home and radon's a critical component of that. Yeah, complex and interrelated. And you need that training in so many different areas. So kudos to both Spruce and April Air for pulling this together. I wouldn't call making it an issue, but bringing the topic to light and getting people thinking about it and acting on it and making it relatively easy to take those actions. And it's really for the health of the consumer, the contractor's customer. So what better thing can you do? So congratulations. No, thank you for having us. It's been fun. It's been fun getting to know the the great team at Spruce as well. So it's been fun getting to know that group and bring something to the masses. That's Radon's real. (laughs) That's where we always kind of end. And Bill, maybe we could do a follow-up podcast once you activate your Radon system and see how it goes. Yes. I'll send you the data. Maybe we try a video podcast. I keep on saying I'm going to do that so we could actually show the data. Brian loves to be on camera. so Does he? Okay. Yeah, they, I have a face for radio, so it's all oh. how you look at it, though, right? So, All right. Well, very good. Thank you both, Don and Brian, for coming on the Building HVC Science Podcast. Like you said, we'll welcome you back later. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. Thanks for listening in to this episode of the Building HVC Science Podcast, where we talked about the next evolution in healthy air with a focus on radon here in January during Radon Awareness Month. This was recorded in January 2022. If you want to find out other things that I find interesting, you can follow True Tech Tools on Facebook or follow Building HVAC Science on Facebook. If you have any questions about the podcast, please drop me an email, bill at truetechtools.com. The Building HVAC Science Podcast is a production of True Tech Tools Limited. Take care and hope you listen again to the Building HVAC Science Podcast. Goodbye.